morning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the controversial talk with the smog. Uh, first and foremost, I really want to apologize, guys. I know I've, been, I've been gone for quite so long. Uh, <laughs> I've been preoccupied with schoolwork, you know, my master's program, my uh, military uh, educational program that I'm going through on right now. Man, I'm overloaded with work, you know. Uh, that's why I've not been able to drop an episode in almost a month now. I do sincerely apologize for slacking behind. I mean, it's not an excuse. I mean, people still got lives, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, I appreciate people who have reached out to me and asked me, hey, man, what's going on? Are you still doing your podcast? We haven't had, uh, we haven't heard an episode since, since the last one. Especially my fiance, man. She keeps up. I mean, she's on my neck. <laughs> she's uh my my biggest supporter and my biggest fan. And she she understands. She told me, hey, you know, just uh just take your time, but don't let it just don't let the the light dim out, you know, so quick. Take your time. Uh, well, having said that, um, from now on, the controversial talk with Smog is gonna be bi-weekly. It's gonna be every two weeks from now on. Uh, hopefully. That's the goal, you know. Uh, yeah. So now let's go straight to why we're here. Um, as you guys know, on the twentieth of October, there was a series of tragedies going on all over Africa, especially in Nigeria. And that's why I want to specify with the twentieth of October, but. I mean, each and every one of y'all have heard about the Lakey Tollgate Massacre, you know, the NSAS movement and all that good stuff. Um, and, uh, <laughs> man, this is, this is a big, this is uh, a huge topic. Like, I, I'm emotional just thinking about it. I don't, I don't even know how to start. I don't know how, where to start from, you know, like. Africa has been beaten down so much from time immemorial, man. It is ridiculous. You know? I mean, problems, we have a lot of problems to address in that country. And the thing is, we've come to that time when the youth have pretty much said, enough is enough. You understand? Like, enough is enough. Like, it's, it's, a, it's high time we stand up and fight. And, and that's what's going on. That's what we're doing. That's what they're doing. Now, when it comes to this fight, you can do this fight in your own way. You necessarily don't have to be out there in the open um, marching. You can do it by bringing awareness. I mean, tweet it. We have social media. You can tweet it. You can put it on Facebook, Instagram. That's how the world got to know about about this uh, uh, this whole atrocities in the first place. You know? If... Uh, if not for social media, they would have swept it under the rug. You know, a lot of African dictators have swept stuff under the rug for the longest time because they control the media, they control, uh, they control the country, they control the economy. You know, but gone are those days. Now we pretty much control the system with our cell phones. We, I mean, it's. It's very easy for you to just take a video, take a picture, and then bam, put it online, and the whole world is watching what is going on in real time. 
And that's exactly what happened at Lake Tollgate. And which is why these non-entities, these goats, acted the way they did. Because they could not believe it. In their minds, they were like, how dare you tell the world what we're doing? How dare you show people our atrocities? I mean, it's just like, remember when you were small and your mom or your dad beats you, you know, they, they spank you, and then you go to the corner and you just cry, and you just cry, and they come up to you, and they're like, oh, you're crying? You're crying just because I spanked you? You're crying just because I spanked you? I'm going to give you something to cry about, you know? And then they threaten to beat you some more. That's just, that's what Nigerians are doing. That's what the Nigerian government or African leaders do. They bully you into submission. You understand? That's it's ridiculous. Like when I think of it, man, I get so pissed and angry. <sighs> so over the past month, we've had issues. We've had issues like NSAS movement in Nigeria, the Anglophone massacre in in Cameroon, um, where the Francophones and Anglophones are pretty much the Anglophones. Uh, are trying to succeed from the country. But the funny thing is, in the fight to succeed, they've ended up killing their own people. You know? I'm not going to dive deep into that because I really don't know the whole story. Um, Yeah. And then, the one in Congo, the child labor camps in Congo, where... Children are pretty much forced to uh, work in, I think I think it's cobalt mining mines or something. And cobalt is a mineral that's used for a lot of uh, computer software technology. So the tech gigs, the tech companies are making huge money from this. You know what that means, right? That means the West knows exactly what's going on over there. They're profiting from that. I mean, by having those child labor camps, they they produce their products cheap. You understand? And the Congolese people said, "Enough is enough. Like, we got to do something about this." You know, like African countries are standing up one after the other, and that's what we got to do. We need to say, "Enough is enough," to the West. Yeah, yes, because these guys have been. They've been. They've been puppet masters, right? Like when they came into when they came into the continent, donkey years ago. Uh, they came to rule the entire continent, you know, to have pretty much like take the land masses, take take the land mass, oppose their will on there, have their own kingdoms on there, and uh, have the people work for them. But unfortunately for them, these lands were pretty really massive and it was hard for them to uh, control all these lands by themselves so guess what they did they decided to appoint governors and and uh president well governors and kings or whatever they, they had to do and then they used those their governors to convince the local uh leaders to do their dirty work for them you understand i'm a big uh I'm a big fan of history and I always tell people history always repeats itself if you don't know your history. Do you understand? If you look at all these European countries that came into Africa donkey years ago, 
they come from little landmass. Like, Europe is not that big. If Africa one day decides we are going to war against Europe, right? Africa will be able to defeat Europe in a cont- uh, as a continent. Now, they might not defeat them with the, uh, the technological advancement, but if they decide to go toe-to-toe, like hand-to-hand combat with the type of human capacity that Africa has as a continent against Europe, Europe w- wouldn't stand a chance. So, what did the Europeans de- do? They knew from time immemorial that they are pretty much outnumbered. And what would they do to uh, to gain power? They will go to all these other continents, steal their people, steal the the, the smartest people, steal the, the human resource and uh, the natural resources, right? Steal all that stuff, have control of, over that. And once they have that control and have control over the territories, once they have these three controls, they pretty much control the world. And that's why the worst, the Western Hemisphere still control the world to today. I mean... I keep talking about history. I mean, look at the uh, the Roman Empire of back in the day. If you look at all these uh, empires, you realize that they all came from small land masses and then acquired more territories and then built their empires. Do you understand? And going back to what I, I said about the Europeans coming and taking all these land masses in Africa without being without knowing that they couldn't uh, be on ground themselves so what did they do they appointed governors and that's what the Romans did back in the day so when the Romans come they take your land they know it's a big landmass so they know that okay if I appoint a governor here he won't be able to uh, to rule the whole big land by himself so what's he gonna do this governor is gonna be in charge of the local tribesmen, the local tribesmen or uh, rulers, you know, those rulers will, uh, um, will be submissive to him. They will give a ruler, they will give, you know, a title man or whatever. They will give him money, they will give him lands, they will give him women, they will give him wealth. Once they give him all that stuff that's going to make him shut up, he was going to become their puppet. And that's exactly what the Europeans did. Right? Have you guys heard of the Berlin Conference of 1884 to 1885? Long time ago, the European Union came together and said, Hey, um, we need to uh, divide the continent of Africa. We need to get all that stuff in there. All the stuff in there is gonna help us with our for our survival. Remember, these guys they have nothing. I mean, I've never been to England, but people that have been to England tell me that it's a very gloomy place. It's always wet, always cold, always moody. So of course, people living there all their lives, you're gonna be depressed. And then once you once you travel and go to Africa, damn, you're like damn, this place is nice. This is always sunny. It's mildly hot. You know, it's nice. And then they see all this agriculture, they see all these natural resources, and they want to take it. So, during the Berlin Conference, before that time, they were already 
fighting, scrambling for lands. You know, the the Bel Belgians came, the French came, the English, Germans, Portuguese, they were all fighting for lands. And at the conference, they said, okay, you know what? Let's have an agreement. Let's cover the continent. You know, they pretty much drew up, drew up a map, drew uh, borders around the map, and said, okay, England, you have Nigeria, you have Ghana, you have uh, Sierra Leone, you have uh, this one. France, you have Equatorial Guinea, you have Ivory Coast, you have uh, uh, Togo, you know, or any other Francophone country, you have uh, Northern Cameroon. And, um, Portugal, you have Angola, you have this, you have that. That's pretty much what they did. And once they did that, it was signed into agreement, and boom, they went to war. You understand? They came and started claiming their territory. First thing first, they came and told you, hey, we're here to save you. You know, we have this guy called Jesus. He's the savior. You know, we teach you about him. We will... He's gonna, he's gonna bring salvation into your life. All that savagery that you've been doing, it's gonna take it away. It's gonna wipe it away. They brought that, brought the Bible, brought Jesus, you know, to convince us that we're stupid. Brainwashed us, to, you know, change our identity, right? And then, second thing, they went to the chiefs. They said, "Hey, we can give you this. We can give you that. We can give you this." Some of the chiefs revolted. They said, no, I don't I don't need all that stuff. I'm, I'm good with what I got. I'm good with the goats. I'm good with my cattle. I'm good with my my, my farm crop. And that's all. Oh, we can bring electricity. Electricity. We can give you, oh, for example, the, the Bini Kingdom. They said, oh, you guys are fighting against uh, all, all those Yoruba people or those people from Bayelsa. We can give you ammunition. We can give you guns. But see this gun? You shoot it from uh, 3,000 miles. Uh, 300 meters, you can kill someone who is far away, you don't need to be close to the person. You know, the chief was like, what? Yes, give me those guns. They gave them those guns. And then, they said, oh, we can do business. You, you give us some of your guys, they'll come and work in our plantation, we give you more money. You understand? That's how they started doing. They, they deliberately started stealing from, uh, from the continent, one by one. Now, was there revolts? Of course. A lot of these countries, a lot of these tribes were not countries because at the time they were they were in countries. There was nothing like Nigeria, Cameroon, none of that stuff existed. There was the Bini Empire, uh, the Sokoto Caliphate, the Odudwa, Odudwa Kingdom, uh, um, the Igbo tribes, because Igbos are you know we're not a kingdom, we have our various tribes, you know, led by our, our uh, um, elders. You understand? So they, they found it difficult, but uh, what did they do? They realized that, okay, if we can convince any of these uh, tribal chiefs that, hey, I'll give you power, and then you spy on me, and you give me the human resources that I want, you give me the, the natural resources that I want, and I'll make you powerful. And that's exactly what they did. Right? And you want to know something funny? They are still doing it till this day. Till this day. Look at everything that's been going on all over the continental Africa. Or in the world in general. Not just Africa. 
right? SAS, this special anti-robbery squad or whatever they call themselves. Do you know that it was sponsored by the British government? They were trained by the British government. As uh, as at 2016, these guys, they quote unquote said that they, oh yeah, they part yeah, they participated in training, training them and giving them uh 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 training equipment and ammunition and guns. Now my question is, what kind of training were they giving these guys? You know, there's a guy, um Franklin on uh, he's a YouTuber and he, he talked about this. He he made a strong point. He said, what kind of training have they, have, were they giving these uh, police officers, these uh, SARS people? Because if you know SARS, you know that <laughs> their tactics are barbaric. Like if these guys catch you, Omar, not dead. You understand? The only way you work out, walk out of a SARS prison is if you pay your way off. And it's not small money. The least you can pay is 200,000 Naira. That's the least. You know? I've heard so many atrocious stories about these guys. So are you telling me that if the British government trained these guys, are you telling me they didn't train them to do stuff like this? They didn't train them to extort? They didn't train them to uh, 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 interrogate people maliciously? I mean, I'm just asking because... Because initially they, they denied it until one black parliamentary guy in British brought it to the parliament, you know, and argued and argued. And then they were like, oh, yes, 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 you're right. Yeah, we did. So that, I, I'm not, that makes me wonder, what else have they done behind the scenes that we don't know about? Every time you hear... Um, a Nigerian government official once he gets sick. Oh yeah, he was flown to London to get special treatments. Huh? He, are you telling me he cannot have that special treatment in Africa, in, in, in Nigeria, in his home country? Why? Nigeria is one of the most richest country on the African continent. How come we don't have good healthcare, even better healthcare than the Western culture, the Western world? You do realize Nigerians are the most intelligent of any race. I'm not making this up. Go do your research. You understand? Look at look at Nigerians in diaspora. Even Nigerians in Africa. Like I'm not I'm not I'm not just saying this to make to, you know to, to argue here with you. So you're telling me with all these brains that they can't have good health facilities in Nigeria. So, pretty much what these are, these, their masters, their colonial masters, what they do is, once they plant a president, they tell him, oh yeah, yeah, uh, if you have a headache, you know, just, just get into uh, British Airways and come to, uh, I'm just making this up, come to um, London Medical Facility. Yeah, we will treat your headache for free. Don't, don't worry about it. We give you the best treatment. Uh, president will say, oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. And the president, I'm pretty sure he dares not ask them, well, why can't we build this kind of hospital in Nigeria? 
if he does, he might disappear. <laughs> you, you understand? So they, they make these deals to stay in place. Look at every uh, francophone colony. Francophone is French. You know, French-speaking colony. Look at all of them. All their economy is siphoned into the French Central Bank. I'm not making this up. Go do your research. Till this day. A huge percentage of these French sovereign countries in Africa. A huge percentage of their GDP goes into the French economy. It is ridiculous. And how do the French compensate with this? They give most uh, French uh, francophone African countries, they give them free free pass to get into France. That's why there are so many, so many West Africans in France right now. I mean, you all saw the last World Cup. That team was full of West African players. You know? I mean, I personally, I deemed it that that wasn't a French team. That was an African team that won the cup for them. Do you know, back in the day, Senegalese citizens were considered French citizens by birth, even if they were born in Senegal. You understand? So that's what they gave them. They gave them that free pass. And of course, once, once you give them that, they'll feel, oh, yeah, 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 the white man has accepted me. Rubbish. They do that just to, to control you. Now let's dive into uh, the history of police brutality in Nigeria. Um, <laughs> a friend of mine, when all this NSAS protest and movement started, uh, he told me, uh, man, I feel like Nigerians are just trying to copy Americans or... Uh, uh, protest on police brutality i mean you know our nigerian people now they just like to copy copy i said nah man come on that's rubbish you know i mean even if we are copying that at least we're copying the good one we're copying the good thing we are copying uh, um the art of freedom of speech you know which apparently is a crime in nigeria and sas showed us that freedom of speech and and for you to add demand for your right is a crime punishable by a firing squad. That's pretty much what what it, what it, what it showed us. I'm not making this up. It, it was on, on Instagram Live. Now a lot of people say, "Oh yeah, some of those things were fake news." But guy, I saw it on Instagram Live. The other, so don't come here and argue with me. Now for the history of this police uh, brutality, I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent here. Um, do you know that the first official police brutality that happened in Nigeria was by the British colonial masters? Have you guys heard of uh, the Abba Women Riot of 1929? Yeah, these were women in, uh, in Igbo land. You know, they just 
these were market women they weren't even like educated women or anything these were just market women that just went to the market and sold their goods to uh, make ends meet these women were getting taxed like crazy and they just said you know what enough is enough we can't take this anymore you know we're no longer paying these atrocious taxes to the colonial master of course colonial masters at the time being the bullies that they are said how dare you how dare you not pay our taxes eh, you won't die and guess what they did the colonial masters of course um they brought their police tried to intimidate the women they ended up killing some of the women at the process you know and that brought out a huge outrage that was the first The second one was uh, the Ivor Ivor Valley massacre. Ivor Valley was pretty much uh, a coal mining site in Enugu. Oh yeah, by the way, huge shout out to uh, my Enugu folks, uh, Enugu folks. You know, people from Enugu. Oh, fuck you are the hell now. You know. So these guys. Um, they went on a strike. They pretty much told the British colonizers, they were like, you know what? If you guys are not paying us a uh, compensation, I think uh, at the time, the government was owing them back pay. Right? And they kept demanding for their money. The government kept doing why you, you know, 419. Eh, we'll pay you today, tomorrow. Days passed, weeks, months. And these workers said enough is enough we're not more, we're no more working you know so at the time i think it was illegal for them to do that so what they did was they decided they're going to do a, a slowdown so which means they'll just work at the slower pace so let's say before they were working at 75 percent work rates now they slowed it down to like 45 you know the throughput of the coal mining dropped drastically and the colonial masters were pissed so guess what they did they sent the police force to go fight their fight they sent their dogs to go and attack these guys so at the Eva Valley in 1949 there was a standoff between the police and these coal miners the police were on a, on a mountain facing down at the miners guns drawn they were literally in line right like a firing squad ready to obliterate this guy like wipe them out the miners just stood there like hey do your worst whatever you got to do do it and of course the, ma the colonial masters being the bullies that they are open fire on unarmed workers you know that day uh 21 miners were killed you understand all these guys were fighting for was for their back pay that's it they just needed their money you just it's, it's like your employer owes you money you go tell your employer okay oh, how far now you don't they owe me for five months and your employer could just pick up his pistol and bah 
How dare you ask for your money? That's exactly what these guys did. So, when people always tell me, eh, eh, Nigerians really didn't fight for their independence, they really didn't vote, blah, blah. Nonsense, rubbish. The problem with a lot of Nigerians, a lot of Africans is, you don't know your history. And that's the sad part because most of your history is was either stolen away when, when, when they stole uh, uh, your ancestors, when they stole all your ornaments, all your uh, um, your bronze, iron cast, all the stuff they stole from, from the continent. They stole all that stuff away to, to take away, to strip you away of your, of your identity. I mean, if you guys really want to know the history behind all this, I highly suggest you go and watch uh, Journey of a Colony on Netflix. Like when I watched this, I was amazed at the things I didn't know about Nigeria. And I'm like, how much more have they hidden from the world? I mean, think about it. Like the British, the British uh, um, people just came out and openly agreed that yeah, yeah, we are actually the ones that were that have been sponsoring SARS. What? So which means, I'm pretty sure even 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 the president himself has no say. You know, if 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 president come out and says, you know what, let's end SARS now, now, I'm, I'm pretty sure himself, himself, his hands might be tied. Mm. Oh, every time we always talk about going and uh, vote, you know, your vote matters, your vote counts, blah, 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 uh, no rigging of election, let you be free and fair. Well, guess what? The first official election in Niger was rigged. By who? The so-called colonial masters, the so-called uh, uh, people who who claim to practice democracy <laughs> yeah all these things are in their history man go check it out I'm not I'm not gonna be here and give you a whole history lesson I'm sorry I can't do that I'm not a historian I love history I love to read I love to do research but one way we can all do this one way we can all fight this oppression and come together first and foremost is to know our identity do that do that research do that you know uh, uh, learn, learn that history once you learn all that you'll be able to uh, come together and say enough is enough just like the youths in massacre uh, the youths in uh, Lakey did and for all those soldiers you know that lost their lives on the Lake Togate, may their souls rest in peace. Their fight will not be in vain. We'll continue to keep fighting for them. And this, this is not just for Niger. This is for Cameroon, Congo, Ivory Coast, Ghana, all these Af Libya, Egypt, all these African countries that that continuously get that con has continuously been oppressed. 
it's about time we stand up because these elites they are scared of unity that's what that's what scares them the most unity scares them the most because once you're united nobody can break you you know you're only as strong as your weakest link if you bring that weakest link together you guys join together you become an unbreakable chain and that's why they're they're scared now guess what these government people guess what they've started doing in nigeria first they start there by intimidating they said first they shut down they shut down the uh, the internet right next thing they did now they're trying to pass a law um on social media so that they can regulate they're trying to regulate social media so that they have autonomy over what you put on social media because i mean the nsas movement was more social media it wasn't it, it wasn't the media it wasn't it wasn't tv it wasn't radio because that was the first time that they were caught red-handed live so this this one will be after the fact after the effect they'll come and you know come and do their own magic the thing was on instagram live people from america i, I was seeing it on instagram live from my room on my on my on my phone as it was happening I'm pretty sure even President Buhari in his office was watching it, and I'm pretty sure his his eyes was bulging out like he was pissed. Like, are you kidding me? These guys, these guys are doing this. So now they're trying to pass a law to regulate social media in Niger. I heard of Tanzania. I, I think it's Tanzania. They're doing their uh, their election, and they cut off all communications from the rest of the world. They shut off social media, they shut off the internet, they shut off media. Can you imagine? God damn. Like, when I think of all this, I'm just like, wow. It's ridiculous. And the next thing they're trying to do now is, uh, they're trying to put everybody on a no-fly list. Everybody that was involved um, in the protest. So, what I wanted to do... Remember, when, when the protest started, they were asking for a leader. They kept asking people, Oh, yeah, who's the leader of this uh, NSAS movement? You know, he should come to the office so we can talk to him. I lie. They want you to come as a leader. Well, the reason why they wanted leaders, if you agree, say, Okay, I am the leader of this NSAS movement. They will call you to the office. Uh, they will they will ask you, okay, what are your demands? We can give you five million. We can give you ten million. You know, so you talk good for us. You don't talk against us. We can buy you a mansion. We can build you a business. That's why. That's why they wanted. A, that's what they wanted. Who they wanted the leader. But of course, the youth said we don't have a leader. If you want to talk to the leader, we are all leaders. Talk to us. They couldn't. They couldn't accept that and the reason why they wanted a leader or a face of that NSAS movement was that they can get someone as a scapegoat they can say okay ah is this guy his pals his burner boy is the video is a case switch is this this yeah go and get him but all these guys said no we're all we're all in this together for the first time 
there was a national revolt the nationwide Nigerian government they've never experienced that before so they went back to their old ways but of course the military regime they brought the military firing squad you know it was they sent snipers they sent soldiers with dishka 240 machine guns and this guy just opened fires at a sustained rate of fire on unarmed civilians and then the next day they denied that oh no we didn't send soldiers there all these people were hoodlums dressed in civilian in, in military uniform and then the next day they said no no the military weren't there and then they said oh yeah military were there but we weren't shooting live bullets uh, we're shooting blanks and then they said oh no 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 soldiers were weren't there that uh that thing on instagram was manipulated huh how do you manipulate a live video you know it wasn't pre-recorded it was recorded in real time like you look at the instagram live you see the time matches so how are you going to tell me that it was pre-recorded so now they are running up and down trying to get a scapegoat the next thing they did they started seizing passports you know and they put you on a no-fly list you know what a no-fly list means they pretty much that means they they are calling you a terrorist once you are put on a no-fly list that's what they're trying to do now so for people in diaspora this thing might affect you too if you donate their money to the NSAS movement if you put a hashtag or whatever maybe uh as you land into niger for christmas they say aha that guy yes he was one of the guys they'll call you back they'll seize your passport and they'll say yeah you've committed act of terrorism against nigeria so therefore you're going to jail that's what they're trying to do and trust niger now sharp sharp they go collect you eradicate you you don't disappear be that your own don't buy you're done so it's about time we let the world know all these atrocities that's been going on do not keep quiet i'm urging people nigerians in diaspora this is our turn to fight because our nigerians back home they have fought they have, they have fought their time they, they you know they fought the first battle now it's time for the second battle because this is war it is what it is let's call it what it is all right and in order to win the war there are a lot of battles that need to be won we won the first one the nigerian government is about to win the second one they're fighting to win the second battle by shutting shutting down the social media putting people in jail trying to get a scapegoat we need to win the next battle we need to come back with a counter-attack and say okay this is what they're trying to do we show the whole world what's happening People needs to be get people needs to get accountable. They need to be held accountable. Whoever ordered that massacre needs to be held accountable. Period. Even if it doesn't happen this year, it needs to happen in the next five years, next ten years. However long it takes, we gotta keep talking about this. Hey guys. I've been going on a <laughs> on a tangent for too long. 
as you can tell i'm really really pissed i'm really really emotional about this and i don't have to i don't need to but that's how this hurts me because yeah i don't live in nigeria anymore but guess what one day i might decide to go back and retire there or even go back you know once i'm done with work here it might be soon it might be later but at the end of the day that's my home so for people in diaspora we need to join the fight uh it's your name it's your boy smog again thank you for tuning in oh yeah um uh, quick hey if you're shopping on amazon uh please i want i would like you to uh if you shop on amazon i'd like you to log into smile.amazon.com it's pretty much uh, a site on amazon that helps charity uh my my family we have uh we we started a charity for our late grandmom which is Eunice akosa foundation so what Eunice akosa foundation does is uh we go back home and we try to help the less privileged with medical facilities you know we help to uh we bring people check their blood pressure check you know just do like medical checkups and that's through uh unisacosa foundation so unisacosa foundation is officially on amazon.com so if you go and buy whatever you want to buy on amazon just use smile.amazon.com some percentage of um that donation is gonna go towards the foundation so yeah please uh, I would really appreciate it I mean we gotta do what we gotta do to help um, Africa back and what Unisa Kosa Foundation is doing it's that's helping back by providing this annual medical checkups again it's smile.amazon.com thank you very much guys have a blessed day Thank you.